Hello and welcome to LedgerCast. My name is Brian Krogsgaard. I'm here with a special guest today. We're getting back to trying to do more interviews. I've got Mike from the Rainbow Wallet, rainbow.me, uh, Mike Dimere. Uh Hey, Mike, how are you? What's up? What's up? What's up? It's great to Happy have to you. be here. Yeah, it's great Long to have you fan. on. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you told me you listened to the show. I'm excited to hear that. Um, you know, it's been a wild ride for uh, for everybody in crypto this last uh, I don't know what would you say like eight months or so. I feel like everybody started taking the bull market really seriously. Uh, it's true, but it's been fun. A lot of crazy stuff going on. A lot of cool experiments happening. It's an exciting time, definitely. Yeah. Um, so my journey with I guess I would say digging into the Ethereum ecosystem in particular, um, doing more like self-custodying while I'm trading the the rise of the decks. I followed the Isn't mass- it great? Yeah, I followed the masses. I followed the volume uh, mm-hmm. in the summer of 2020, and you know participated in some of the um, DeFi summer activities. Um, mm-hmm. And what really drew me to that was the fact that you could have liquid trading. And, you know, thankfully we have our, our sponsor here, Matcha, who helps make that possible. You know, you can go and drop whatever, $10,000 on something and get relatively minimal slippage, which was not always common on a DEX. Um, so I feel like it's been, uh, it's really brought on like a new, a new round of excitement about, um, non-custodial trading, getting off centralized exchanges. We've seen Uniswap explode. All that comes together and makes um, a wallet like your product at rainbow.me even more relevant than it was before. Um, So we're going to get into the origin story and stuff, but start by saying how much did y'all's world get rocked um, as DeFi exploded last year? Yeah, I mean, it's been pretty crazy. Like every day, our user numbers, um, you know, reach all time highs. Um, it's been really fun to watch people kind of discover Rainbow because we've been we've been pretty uh, stealthy in a way. Like we we haven't done any marketing. We've just been really focused on building um, the best product, and all of our growth has just come uh, organically, like word of mouth, recommendations to friends, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So um, no marketing, but that's, I found it organically. Cause I was like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm using MetaMask and stuff in a desktop and I did want to have some ability to do more stuff in a mobile wallet. And my friend who was like collecting all these NFTs and, you know, buying some ENS domains, uh, he was like, yeah, I'm just storing everything on rainbow wallet. I was like, what the heck yeah. is rainbow wallet? Yeah. We have a lot of fans who are really, uh, into NFTs. I mean, one of the ways that Rainbow stands out is like from the beginning, we've uh, we've treated NFTs like as a first class citizen um, yeah. of the wallet experience. A lot of other products kind of like segment them off to the side or really kind of treat them as an afterthought. Um, and we felt that wasn't that wasn't right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really cool to see Rainbow kind of like um, kind of take over the NFT space. So it's pretty sweet. How did how did you get to that point to where, you know, when DeFi kicked off the way like so strongly, you know, y'all were prepared with a very yeah. clean UI, which is just so really so rare in crypto. So when you experience yeah. something that good, it's uh it's a great, you know, it's a great first impression. So I'm sure that's been great. Uh, a, a huge part of 
maintaining the user base as people start to try the product? Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess like in a lot of ways, yeah, we, we've been, we've kind of been, exp you know, let me, let me think. We've been placing bets for a long time and they really started to pay off last year. Um, so, uh, you know, Rainbow was the first wallet to like natively integrate Uniswap. Um, I forget the exact date, but it was like in 2019. Yeah, I was about to say Uniswap launched, was it like late 2018 or something like yeah, that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like right about, um, dev, right around DevCon. Um, yeah. I remember in Laura Shin, uh, interviewing, uh, Hayden from Uniswap yeah. and I was like, I don't know anything about this. It sounds yeah, crazy. It's like, <laughs> it's so nuts because at the time Uniswap success was like not obvious to people, right? right. Like it was, it, the value prop was kind of like weird. People didn't understand it. Um, but to us, it was like a really clear, um, bet to make basically the idea that, um, this permissionless decks that no one can turn off and has a permissionless listing. Uh, that clicked with us. That was like, it was like obvious that basically, you know, that that was going to succeed. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I guess like, how did we kind of set ourselves up for success? And the answer was by betting on um, like what we thought were the clear winners in, in the technology, right? So it was like focusing exclusively on Ethereum, which again was not an obvious bet to make um, back in the day, right? Like there's all of these distractions happening all the time in crypto. You can get, you know, you can get distracted chasing all of these new things um, all the time. But we decided to focus just on Ethereum, um, really kind of like try to nail the core experience of what a wallet should be um, and kind of, you know, like the core trading experience with Uniswap. Um, and I think that that's really what set us up. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, yeah. And has it always been like mobile first or is there ever yeah. significant attempts at doing desktop based stuff? For Rainbow? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, we've always been mobile first. Um, we do like aspire and have plans for um, desktop products. Um, it's actually pretty cool. Um, one of our users actually did port our app to desktop already. Nice. Um, but yeah, like Is we haven't like an uh, Electrum really product wrapper type of thing. No. So actually, with the new Apple. Um, m1 chips i don't know if you've seen those yeah. those new lap the new laptops Brand with new. the m1 chip you can basically compile any ios app into becoming a desktop app wow so basically like yeah we, the, the desktop product kind of comes for free um but yeah i mean we've always felt from the beginning that mobile is is the most interesting and important platform to develop products for um i think that you know you know, it's kind of cliche at this point, but like, you know, the success of Robinhood really just demonstrates uh, the consumers like, you know, like consumers are cool with doing finance on mobile. Like that's the, you know, everyone has a phone, um, you know, people check prices all day from their phone. And it always felt weird to us that people exclusively um, interacted with DeFi from desktops, like with MetaMask, that felt really weird to us. So we wanted to basically, you know, create a mobile experience that could compete with, with the desktop experience. Um, so for example, like, you know, one of the other early bets that Rainbow made was that Wallet Connect was the answer. Um, so from the beginning, Rainbow has been like uh, designed and built uh, around Wallet Connect as kind of a core experience. Um, and we've, you know, contributed a lot of code uh, to the Wallet Connect project. Um, and it's been insane to see Wallet Connect essentially 
take over as the standard uh, uh, interop. Explain the way Wallet Connect fits into this whole uh, chain of operations for me. Yeah. Yeah. So like traditionally when you go to like any DAP, like, you know, whether it's, you know, MakerDAO or Uniswap, whatever, um, you'll see a big button and it's like connect to MetaMask. Right. And that was, you know, a primary reason why a lot of people do this stuff from desktop is because like in the past DAPs were only configured to work with MetaMask. Um, But basically what Wallet Connect is, is a simple bridge between DAPs and any wallet. So the way it works is basically um, it's it's a standard uh, interface or like a standard protocol for basically um, uh, generically connecting any interface to any wallet. So uh, basically in the background, there's a bridge server that uh, sets up encrypted tunnels between the DAP in the wallet, um, it can't control anything at all. Um, it just simply passes messages back and forth between the two uh, clients, like the DAP and the, and the wallet. Um, so yeah, basically what Wallet Connect lets you do is uh, essentially like, uh, uh, you know, like the, so it lets you use any wallet you want with any DAP you want. Yeah, um, no, that makes so, sense. So they don't have to have custom support for Every Correct. single wallet and whatever its quirks yep. are. It's like one integration. Um, yeah, it's it's honestly it's fantastic uh, for both DAP devs and for wallet devs. Um, yeah. it's, it's just honestly, a great solution. I don't when I like okay. So using the Rainbow Wallet, and I've been looking around for. I have a dongle somewhere. I can plug this in, pull it on the screen yeah. for anyone on YouTube. I can't find it. My kids have been in here. They it's probably, cool. Probably put it somewhere, but nevertheless, you know, you have your uh, your Rainbow Wallet. You open it up. This is a Docs account, so it's no big deal. Bam! And it's like, there's my domains uh, that I've bought, and here's my Ethereum stuff. So it's got like a very clean, simple interface. Doesn't focus perfectly on that, but you know, people can download it themselves, and you can see. Looks great. It's like very, you know, very comfortable for a normal user. And I totally agree yeah. with you what you said about that mobile first component. A lot of people think I'm crazy, but any platform I have the capacity to trade on mobile, I almost always to cho- choose to trade that way. Me too. Like, like before I even started Rainbow, I, I was, you know, yeah, exactly. Like I use my mobile apps when I connect to legacy accounts because, and often what I find is the performance is better. So, you know, you get these big desktop lags and stuff on those clunky apps and I always tend to prefer mobile. So I think I, I'm, I agree with you on that. The interface all makes sense, totally connects. So then you get into this concept, and this is where everybody critiques self-custody and uh, mobile interfaces. They're like, you know, uh, people don't get it. They don't understand that ability to, uh, that it's literally on their phone or, you know, Mm -hmm. they own it. So how are y'all managing the the balance between the user interface and the the self-custody opportunity, the... Because you have two options, right? Like you can have custodied keys or self-custodied keys. So how are y'all balancing all that? Yeah. Uh, so Rainbow does not have any custodial options, actually. Oh, so okay. I thought all... I... Yeah. Okay, so I but have... That's... Remind me how I did the setup then. Is it... Do I, yeah. do I have self-custody or do, is it custodied? Yeah, no, it's all self-custodied. Okay. So, uh, so I so do have all my own stuff. We do offer. <laughs> yes. I knew I took that so we, route, but I thought there was a, uh, a way to yeah, select. The, there is. So basically what what you're thinking of is we do offer iCloud backup. Oh. Um, so yeah, so basically the way that that works is um, 
we uh, we offer, you know, we think that this is, you know, um, so yeah. So there, in general wallets, there's hosted solutions and, and, and self-custodied solutions. We think that self-custody solutions are uh, the better option all around. Mm-hmm. However, you're right. Like there, it presents this problem for people. Like all of a sudden, if they lose access to their keys, yeah, um, you know, you're, it's terrifying, right? So we think that, uh, so the solution we went with is basically offering um, iCloud backup, which what that essentially does is it creates a, a file on your uh, iCloud drive yeah. Um, that stores your private key encrypted with a password of your choice. Yeah. So, so essentially, they have. I remember. I remember that. So iCloud, they have uh, two-factor authentication through another device, a secondary Apple device, and they have your unique password, and it's encrypted end to end. On uh, so even though that's, cu- I guess that's not Correct. like. You know, it's Rainbow not, can't un, you know, unencrypt right. it, right? Like right. it's, you know, yeah. It's fully so, your control, even though you're, you know, you're uploading it to the cloud. Yes. So we think that that is a sufficient solution for most regular people out there. Yeah. Um, uh, but yo, I'm still, you know, we're very interested in a lot of the other innovations happening in the space. Um, for example, like social recovery systems that are kind of, um, you know, one of the benefits of using a smart contract wallet. Um, that's something that we're going to be exploring this year is um, is kind of, a you know, adopting a smart contract wallet uh, architecture. That's really cool. So, yeah, so things like Gnosis Safe or Argent are good examples of smart contract wallets. Once you get to – I have not gotten to the point, I'll be honest. This is like where I hesitate. Mm-hmm. If I'm putting a co- – like this is a donation wallet. So if people that like the mm-hmm. show, they can go to ledgercast.eth and it's you know populates for them. So people donated a few bucks or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm a little scared if it's like, okay, here's whatever your portfolio of your investments or your, you know, your your retirement, however, whatever you consider, like yeah. serious money. When I start thinking of that on my phone versus accessing mm-hmm. via my phone, I get a little mm-hmm. more nervous. How are y'all trying to bridge that level of comfort and say this device is just as safe as? a hardware wallet and a browser extension and your desktop. Yeah. So I definitely think that your concern is like warranted. Um, So yeah, ways that we're approaching it. Um, So one is, so first of all, hardware wallets are great. And basically if you have your, you know, your retirement fund uh, or or a significant amount of money, enough money, hardware wallets are always the best solution, always hands down. Now, even with uh, a hardware wallet though, you can actually copy and paste your public address into Rainbow and watch and essentially use Rainbow as a portfolio tracker. Wow. So Rainbow supports kind of like a watch only mode. Yeah. So if you just go like, uh, you know, import a wallet that already exists. And if you simply type in an, an address or an ENS handle, um, you can just like v- watch the wallet from there. Okay. That's um, super cool. I didn't realize but, that. Yeah. But um, no, I think that really, uh, adopting a smart contract wallet architecture is really the solution to that problem. Um, so for example, the Gnosis safe architecture is, you know, trusted with billions of dollars of capital, um, that uses like a multi-sig configuration. Um, and really, I think that that, uh, architecture is, um, is necessary for, um, storing like significant amounts of money. Um, rainbow right now, what we're really focused on is trying to build a product that, um, that uh, 
like vibe, you know, that like that consumers vibe with that, like the retail audience vibes with, you know, in a lot of ways, um, you know, one of my co-founders and I, we both have little brothers and we've always tried to build the product in, uh, in a way that kind of would vibe with our little brothers, like that they would click with this. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like the amount of capital that they're, that they're, you know, putting into this is not, you know, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, et cetera. Right. Right. So basically the way to think about it is you should trust rainbow as much as you trust any other software wallet. So that, that means like MetaMask, you know, Coinbase wallet, trust wallet, et cetera. But not the same we, as an offline solution, correct. like a hardware wallet. Yes. Um, gotcha. we do plan on supporting, uh, hardware, like integrating with hardware wallets. So like, uh, but that's going to come with our desktop product. Yeah. So um, I said, I, I said my friend who was collecting NFTs was the first person to tell me, but actually the first person, the first time I saw rainbow was, uh, a retweet, I think from matcha who mm. they showed someone fully trading between matcha and, uh, the rainbow wallet on yeah. mobile. And that like blew my mind because I know the process. That's wallet connect. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Cause it's like, it yeah. toggles you directly between a website or a DAP and the app. And it's very seamless. And when I tried this myself, I was like, man, this just like pops you over to the other app, confirms, sends you right back and tells you, Hey, you're done. And it's so clean and seamless that I was really amazed by that, how good it is. You know, we've never liked DAP browsers, right? So like, you know, up until Wallet Connect, the user experience on mobile was was pretty much all around DAP browsers, right? So like Trust Wallet, Coinbase Wallet, they have like a browser inside their app. Yeah. But those browsers always sucked. Like they were- Yeah, it's not your browser. Like all the reasons yeah, you like, have a certain browser, if you're whatever you're you using. Know, yeah, like, you know, you couldn't manage multiple tabs. Like there's always weird navigation issues. Um, and also they kind of like Apple, you know, has like really, you know, bipolar attitudes towards DAP browsers in general. It's kind of problematic uh, sometimes for Apple. So Wallet Connect really kind of like opens up the doors, right? So basically, uh, you know, you can uh, interact with literally any DAP that supports Wallet Connect directly in mobile Safari or Chrome or whatever your favorite browser is. Um, and it just like links to Rainbow. Yeah, I love that. Uh, so yeah. there's a couple of things that I run into. One is, is there a way to, let's say I do want to treat it as, as if it's my main thing. Is yeah. there, is there a concept where you have like maybe a YubiKey or some kind of external mm. secondary authentication so that you can have essentially prevent this fear of like mm -hmm. SIM swapping, right? Like you have mm -hmm. to have something that's essentially what the hardware wallet, the point is anyway, right? This, yeah. this external confirmation away yes. from your browser or away from your device. Is there that kind of concept where y'all could have like, well, so some SIM swapping is only a concern. Yes. So that's something that we're interested in. So the, like the most interesting, um, device, I guess, uh, is uh that would solve that problem is actually called the status key card have you heard of that um, it's pretty cool no i haven't yeah so it's a completely open source um both hardware and software implementation it's made by um the status team um which is like you know you might remember them from like 2017 they had a big ico it's like yeah, their status.im status yeah yeah i remember so that. the status key card is pretty cool because it's essentially um uh, it comes in the a form factor like a credit card and it uses um, NFC. Um, so basically you would be able to just tap it up against your phone 
and you could use that as the second factor. Um, that's something that we can easily integrate. We just haven't prioritized yet, um, but we will be actually doing that this year for sure. Yeah, that sounds awesome. That would be, yeah. that's the type of thing that would give me a comfort to say like, okay, maybe I'm not going to put everything there. But, yeah. You know, there are times where you're mobile and you like crypto markets are 24 seven and I'm, I want to, I want, I, I see a ENS domain that came up, uh, that expired and I want to buy it or I see, uh, an NFT. Man, I love it that you're in this world now. Yeah. yeah. So like I see an NFT that released and I'm like, I gotta have that, but I'm out yeah. and I'm like, I'm nowhere yeah. close to my desktop. That's the yeah. beauty of working on mobile. So like that, you know, if you want to put a little bit of money on there, like some kind of bridge, it would give me a little more comfort. I feel comfortable enough. Yeah, no, like yeah, it's my definitely. device, but that would be, that would be really cool. Um, yeah, absolutely. Also, for anyone interested, I mean, all of the Rainbow Code is open source. Actually, just today, somebody, some project basically forked us entirely. And it's like running <laughs> with, you know, we just got sushi'd basically. Um, but yeah, you can, um, you know, view the source code entirely. Um, but yeah, um, I totally agree that uh, that second factors would be huge. Um, but yeah. So that gets me into like the how do you transition from rainbow is a cool crypto wallet to rainbow or others are part of this solution to kind of steal back, um, you know, the transactions and, you know, P2P transfers from the Venmos and the PayPal's of the world. Mm -hmm. The obvious problem that we run into in the Ethereum landscape is even if the interface is great, the, the the it's a fifteen dollar fee or something to make these transactions these days, uh, which is obviously untenable. So, is there a layer two future for Rainbow uh, to make definitely like whether it's Rainbow to Rainbow or anybody on a particular yeah. layer two? How how does y'all's vision of that look like? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we've been really excited about Optimism and have been you know very anxiously awaiting. Um, is that the, the one that Synthetics just adopted? Yeah. So the most interesting thing about Optimism, if you didn't, if if you're, you or your audience don't know this, is that it um, it essentially um, um, maintains all of the composability uh, of that that we see on Ethereum Layer One. So essentially, what that means is you can deploy multiple contracts onto synth uh, onto uh, Optimism. And they can talk to each other and you can essentially like compose things the same way that you would on Ethereum layer one. Um, so most other layer two systems though, um, don't have that ability. They kind of like, you know, they might have like really high transaction throughput, but they only let you do something really simple, like token transfers back and forth. You can't do like complex, you know, uh, money Legos type stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, I've recently so, been yeah, playing I mean, with uh, XDAI. And yeah. the way that operates is it's very similar to if you were to switch to, say, BSC or something else on the Ethereum virtual machine. So you just put everything in, connect to, um, you know, the everything. What what do they call that? That URL? Um, wow. The RPCM. Yeah, the RPCM. Yeah. yeah. Uh, whatever it's called. Um, plug all that in. It's like it looks just like you're on Ethereum, but it's not. Yeah. But then you have to. Yeah bridge absolutely everything and i ha don't really know what all i can do and it's a little yeah. a little complex so it's a little frag the whole the whole layer two scene is a little fragmented right now um i think that over the coming months we'll see a lot of consolidation i think that optimism right now is kind of the like you know the the leader as far as like what people are expecting to kind of uh, everyone to kind of consolidate to um 
but yeah, I mean, XDAI is cool and there's a lot of interesting projects happening on XDAI right now. It's actually where Rainbow is going to be supporting XDAI really soon because it's really easy to add that support. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, so yeah, I mean, we, 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 we kind of expect layer two um, this year to kind of like blow everyone's minds. I don't think that people are ready or like, you know, they don't even understand kind of like what's, what uh, is in the pipeline. Um, but yeah, I mean, we totally agree. Like right now, like the transaction fees are kind of, you know, a little bit, a little bit limiting um, for people with small amounts of capital. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Especially if you're like, you, you know, I talked about the ENS domains. I can yeah. even imagine like some, like the, if I want to do that, it would be cool if I at least had the opportunity to say, this whole app is just on layer two, right? And mm -hmm. that way, when it says it's $5 to register for the year, it's not $5 mm -hmm. plus, plus like $25. 20, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, listen, it's, you know, the space is moving so fast, right? right? Like, you know, even six months ago, fees were not this high. Like it's because of the success of all of these platforms that the fees are so high, right? Like yeah. the fees are high because people want to use. Yeah. The network effects stuff. of Ethereum are obviously winning and therefore yes. there's this bottleneck on the, on the network itself. Yes. But that doesn't prevent the fact that it's the dominant uh, yes. platform and, you know, people's bets are being made there. Yeah, the, some of the cool stuff about layer twos as well is that they, um, you know, like with Optimism, for example, um, your address, like your Ethereum address is the same across both layer one and layer two. Oh, yeah, so like, nice. um, yeah. So like, for example, um, one of the things we're waiting for is um, a fiat on-ramp um, solution that that uh, offers um, the ability to essentially on-ramp someone directly into L2. So like it would be amazing to have L2 be the default experience um, in Rainbow, but we're kind of like waiting for one. We're waiting for um, a solid uh, AMM like Uniswap to be on layer two, um, and also we're waiting for that fiat on ramp before kind of making it the default experience. So if I'm trying, you know, Rainbow or yeah Ethereum on a mobile wallet today, I'm mostly thinking of it as hey, here's my transactions, or in this case, in y'all's case, um, I want to look at my NFTs or my domains or, mm -hmm. you know, something non-fungible or whatever. Uh, so that's kind of where I'm limited to. What? Yeah. How do I need to be broadening my horizons in terms of how I'll use a wallet in the future? Um, and what, mm. what, what all is included in a wallet? You know, is it a directory? Yeah. Is it a shopping mar marketplace or... What it like? What's what is the future that you envision for a wallet? Yeah, good question. So we're actually working on one of the biggest, you know, actually the biggest update um, to Rainbow that we've ever made, um, and it's called the Discover Screen. So there, we're going to be basically outlined or you know laying out all of the best opportunities in DeFi, whatever those happen to be. So right now, we're really focused on um, making the best uh, uh, experience, like for uh, discovering. Um, Uniswap pools to mm -hmm. add liquidity to, um, and like laying those out by um, the annualized, uh, uh, you know, fees, uh, the annualized return via the fees. Um, we're going to be laying out uh, urine vaults as well. Um, so, so we kind so a couple of things like one, the space moves so quickly that you kind of want to see what's changed like since last time you looked, right? So I think that wallets will kind of be about um, 
discovery and kind of like keeping tabs on new trends. So we have like, you know, trending coin section. That's a very popular feature on CoinGecko. For example, people often look at what coins are trending. Um, we're also making shareable lists. So essentially like you can um, take uh, tokens and like create little lists out of them, right? Um, you know, these are what, you know, you can categorize them yourself into little categories and then you can like share those with your friends. Um, and then additionally, uh, something that I'm really interested in and we're gonna be adding to Rainbow is, uh, is the concept of like live chats, almost like a troll box. So we're gonna have <laughs> like, uh, you know, like a 24 seven um, live chat feed in the app um, so yeah, I mean, I think that because of the like 24 and 24 seven nature of crypto, I think that like, uh, the, the ideal mobile experience kind of taps into that. Yeah. Um, and it's like, you know, yeah, it is, is trying to make it more live. Do yeah. you imagine a world where there's kind of this ability to transition? So I'm thinking, you know, I log into my banking app and I might have a savings account, a personal account, even a business account. Um, do y'all, mm -hmm. do you envision where people can essentially open rainbow and manage between their wallets? I know you have multi-wallet now, but mm -hmm. also to the point where it feels like it's just as seamless as it is, or as, as normal as it is when I rotate between banks. So like, mm -hmm. there's not that same fear of you know transitioning funds from one wallet to another, even though I, bo I own both of them, you know, you go do it, you copy your address over and you're like, crap, did I copy the wrong address? The mm. other, I mean, a week ago, I accidentally sent a thousand dollars to the wrong address. Oh, no. Fortunately, it ended up being my co-host, Josh. Nice. I sent it to his address. Uh, yeah. Granted, it was an exchange and now there's this support ticket trying to get a token off of, oh, man. you know, all that, all that mess. But that's what you want to avoid, right? You want it to be yeah. as seamless as like, you know, move funds from personal account to savings account or something like that. Yes. Is that, no, honestly, that's, are y'all looking to that's ease, a great ease that advice. nomenclature? Yeah, that's honestly a great idea. So like something that is, uh, that we haven't, I guess, um, made enough content around, like there's so many like hidden features or like, you know, they're not really hidden, but there's so many like small experiences in rainbow that we don't, highlight enough and not enough people know about them but we do have this concept of uh, a contacts list in the app so basically if you go into the send flow and you type in an address um you can add it as a contact so basically like uh you can see here like here's some contacts that i have mm -hmm. um and one you know honestly i'm uh uh what you were just suggesting about kind of like you know uh yeah like send 50 bucks to, to mom <laughs> you know yeah but also like we we've talked about it internally and after this conversation, I'm going to bring it back up to the team, but the idea of putting your own, like the other wallets that you have as contacts in, in that, in that flow. Right. Yeah, so it'd yeah. be really easy to just move Go money between, between the wallets. Yeah. Yeah. And that um, also makes sense to me for, I got excited about the ENS domains because yeah, how it's ridiculous to think, you know, this 50 character thing. I come from the web space. I'm a web developer and I'm yeah. like, we don't remember IP addresses, you know, like, that's, yeah. of course not. No, ENS, they're freaking awesome. Yeah. And I don't need, how deep have you gone? Have you like, you know, you can add all these like metadata attributes to it, right? Like, you yeah, can add, like, I haven't uh, added any metadata to mine. One of my friends, yeah. uh, I don't know if you ever listen to coin talk, but Aaron Lammer, um, yeah. he, he got into this stuff pretty deep. And so he's even nice. 
looking at like how does your ENS domain resolve in a browser and automatically yep. go to like the dot yep. link and it's a static site. And I think that's cool because I, I really think for the first time it makes sense. Ethereum and a ENS domain can be this identity where it's like here's a public wallet for one thing for like sending money with your friends. And then here's uh, other information that you might store there. Like, and maybe some of that's mm -hmm. encrypted. What I'd love to see is like privacy wrappers, for instance. So if I have my ledger, uh, my ledger cast dot ETH, like someone can go to that tip me. Well, what if I want to like privately send that hundred dollars yeah. and like tornado cash it or whatever you're supposed to do to, to hide yeah. it so that like the whole world doesn't see where I transition that money. Like I just, I can yeah, imagine kind of so problem. many things. Yeah. So, but I love no, the idea of this identity on a wallet. It starts to make a lot of sense when you interact on mobile. Exciting. Super exciting. Um, we're going to be adding a lot of the kind of more in the like nitty gritty uh, 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 support for kind of the, the nitty gritty like um, customizations you can do with your ENS handle directly into Rainbow, right? So like we can, um, we're going to have interfaces for um, resolving the ENS uh, domains, like choosing where it resolves to, you know, uh, adding it, all of that metadata um, directly in the app, which is pretty sweet. As far as what you're saying about privacy, that's kind yeah, that's of an open different... problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, we would love to get into that. I mean, one thing we're worried about is is kind of like the regulatory concerns around that. I'm not exactly sure we have an. Yeah, I know it's. I know it's complex, that. but like, it's got to be it's a part. Of, it should be possible. Yeah, it's got to yeah. end up it's got to end up being a part of what makes this whole ecosystem work because there's no expectation with anything else. It's like when you get paid in Venmo, the whole right. world doesn't see the balance of your actual bank right. account when you transition it from Venmo to your bank account. And these, these fundamentals of financial privacy have to be carried over to crypto uh, yeah. without everyone freaking out about, you know, AML and whatever else. You know, in the meantime, though, I think that there's something, you know, one of the things we're kind of is this idea of actually embracing the publicness of, of the, the Ethereum blockchain, right? So, um, for example, like I know my little brother's address and it's really addicting to watch his wallet. Um, yeah. So if you have, you know, and I have other close friends, right, who are like my peers and we're kind of, you know, open about money, right? Like it's okay that I know how much money he has in crypto and that kind of stuff, right? It's really addictive to watch your friends kind of, you know, how they trade, what they're farming. In, in this world. <laughs> yeah. It's really fun. It's really addicting. Yeah. So we're kind of thinking about uh, how to how to embrace that. And that's going to be a big part of a lot of our social. Yeah, um, that makes a ton of uh, sense in the meantime. And honestly, even yeah. the traditional apps embrace that to some degree. Like it's weird, yeah. but it's also kind of cute. You know, you see like someone yeah. went to lunch with your buddy because you see like the sushi emoji on their Venmo transaction yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think that's the right way to approach it until... And, you know, for now and, and as an element of it, but at some point the privacy stuff does have to, you would think surely get Definitely. resolved. Or, yeah. I'm or, really excited about tornado cash. I really hope that they keep getting better and better. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, so. um, yeah, I mean, one of the things, you know, coming back to the social stuff, like one of the things we're really interested in is embracing the way, like, I don't know, uh, a lot of people, do kind of click up in crypto, right? Like, especially when you're a noob, like you kind of often come at the space like with friends and you navigate it together. So we're really interested, Rainbow is in, um, in creating experiences that embrace that. 
So something we've been planning for a long time is creating um, these financial games. So for example, um, we have this uh, concept for a game that we've been designing, but we've been really waiting for layer two solutions to come out um, for, uh, so basically it's a game um, that, uh, so it gamifies leverage trading. Um, so the way it works is <laughs> it's, it's really cool. Wrong? <laughs> well, so the way it works is uh, everybody deposits a hundred dollars um, and you can't deposit more than that. It's like a hundred dollars. Yeah. Um, and that hundred dollars becomes your score on the leaderboard. Um, and basically you're given, you know, uh, when you take uh, a move, right, which is basically a long or short, it trades your whole stack. Um, and basically, um, uh, so then the, you're, because everyone's score on the leaderboard is real money and because everyone started at the same score, it's like really easy to, to kind of like, uh, conceptualize your skill. Right. So yeah. basically if someone is like really great, um, they'll be, you know, at the top, if you're really bad, you're at the bottom, but basically, um, yeah. And like the positions will like auto close after 24 hours. So it kind of, it creates this like, uh, so the idea behind gamifying these financial concepts though, is that, you know, we think that DeFi specifically is one of the most amazing ways to learn about finance. So like regular people, they can like look up what a perpetual swap is on Investopedia and they can be like, oh, okay, I get that. Yeah. But they don't actually understand how to use these things. And we think that kind of low stakes games are actually one of the best ways to, um, to learn these things. And to like, you know, for example, like playing money financial games with like fake money like you know if the, if the game was to just give you a whole bunch of points people lose interest in that really quickly you kind of have to have some skin in the game for um for people to stay engaged yeah that so, makes sense you really yeah, want to I mean, see like and for good or bad robin hood has perfected this and it's like yeah celebrating oh you bought calls <laughs> you know or yeah. like you closed out a trade in profit uh <laughs> Robinhood could be so much more fun. And I think that like in a lot of ways they're afraid to embrace like truly gamifying it. Um, and Rainbow is not afraid to do that. We're yeah. very willing to, to go that route. Believe we still have some more like foundations to build in the product, but we're definitely going to get there this year. So it's really exciting. Leave me with what are you most excited about in terms of one, what's next for Rainbow? And number two, mm. what's next for the broader ecosystem like where you see things going out completely outside of the price realm which obviously this podcast tends to focus on yeah um most exciting stuff for rainbow is going to be honestly uh getting retail people um to become uniswap uh lps right i think that if you go to uniswap.info and you see the returns on even just a stablecoin eth pair that blows people's minds but compared to the savings accounts, um, uh, you know, the, the, the yield that you get on in a traditional, you know, from like a savings account, for example, like, you know, or even just the USDC to die pool that yields like 10% a year. That's nuts. Right. So successfully onboarding regular people into these new financial products is what I'm most excited about at rainbow. Um, and also like making them have fun with it and kind of like trying to suck them into this rabbit hole. Yeah. That's our goal. Um, as far as the broader space, um, you know, uh, let me think, uh, yeah, like layer twos, huge, like very excited about layer twos, um, dropping this year. 
Um, I think that um, in general, I'm excited about different ways, different, different ways of using tokens. So I don't know if you followed some of these things, but like some people have been experimenting with um, with tokenizing Discord channels, for example. So it like uh, you can use tokens um, almost as permissions in a yeah. Discord channel, mm-hmm. um, which I think is a great idea. So basically, different ways of using tokens. You know, you know, for example, like tokens almost as a software license, um, things like that. You know, imagine like um, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with like Unisox, but for example, if if you that had, was, so you're, you're spoiling my last question because I was going to uh, ask you how much is a pair of yeah. socks today? Oh, it's all over the place. I mean, last night they were twelve thousand dollars. Today <laughs> they're like eight thousand dollars. I think I don't know. It's a little but bit like, volatile. The same. Yeah, but like you know, imagine uh, you know I have some friends who make like sneaker bots, right? They're like the the bots that like snipe sneakers when they drop online, yeah. and they sell these bots, uh, you know, to people, um, and they only sell a limited amount of them. Well, to me, it's like, oh, okay, like you should sell the the license key the same way you would sell Unisocks, right? Like if you're only selling a limited number of, of licenses, you should let the market forces decide what they're worth. Like selling them all at a fixed yeah, pricing. price seems like a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. bringing open markets to limited edition stuff is awesome to me. And it's I, so awesome. And I like the bridge yeah. as well between like the NFT concept and the mm-hmm. in real life items yeah um so like for artists i think it's really cool and it's like here's the nft is like your certificate of ownership and also a history of transfer to know the entire history of this piece of physical art i think tying those types of things together are really cool there's so much going on there um yeah i mean definitely check out people are into this kind of stuff check out uh zora and foundation are two um, companies basically, you know, running with this exact concept and I'm really into what they're doing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Also everyone should check out unisocks guys. Yeah. Get get yourself some unisocks. They're, they're only the size of a used Honda, uh, the price of a used Honda civic. Uh, Hey man, be a part of history. There's only 315 (laughs) left, you know, (laughs) Uniswap's on, on track to take over the world. Awesome. Like, uh, thanks for joining me. If people want to download and try, uh, rainbow they can just go to rainbow.me uh, or look for it in your app store it's on ios it's also on um, android right yeah we have an android beta if you go to rainbow.me you can enter your email address specifically the email that's associated with your google play account okay um, and if you do that we invite hundreds of people every week um, but yeah if you go to the ios app store and you type in rainbow wallet it'll show up but Sweet. Yeah, yeah going to rainbow.me is definitely the way to go it's a pretty fun website it's the, um, follow us on this Twitter. is the most fun I've had with the crypto wallet. That's for sure. Uh, and I love that. Thanks, man. And I'm going to, I haven't gotten to this part yet. Like I said, trying to convince myself, but you know, mm. with my IRA or like any of those types of things, mm. I use it on my phone. So I need a trading account too. And I know our sponsor matcha. We're so, working on it. Yeah. So if y'all want to try matcha, you can go to letterstatuscom slash matcha. You can actually connect your rainbow wallet with matcha all on your phone. If that's your, if that's your jam, of course you can also it works do it great. on desktop. Um, it's really a great pairing between, you know, making the, the user interface forefront as a part of the experience. So Mike, uh, I appreciate you being here. I hope everybody gives rainbow a shot. 
uh, buy some unisox and we will uh, catch y'all catch y'all next time. Thanks for being here. If this is hey, your first thanks, time listening, we're just getting started trying to kick off as many interviews as we can. So stay tuned. We'll catch you next time. I can barely breathe Oh, the change